another fine day at Camp Dynasty. I am Counselor Austin, joined by Counselor Colin, and we are talking about week nine of college football and the first week where Camp Dynasty had boots on the ground and out in the wild scouting for this week's episode. Yeah, this is the the game that we were looking forward to for a while. You know, we're both Wisconsin residents, and Mr. 101 came to town. So we had to go and see him in person, go see 18 in person. Uh, We ended up at Camp Randall Stadium in Madison, and uh i'd say i have a i had a blast that that was a, a fun game and i mean we'll talk about it later but the the players in that game were some of them lived up to the expectations that we set for them some of them did and we'll be talking about them on this episode a unique perspective being in the building getting to see them in person i mean it was it was crazy. It was yeah. crazy. And we'll talk about Mr. 101 eventually. But before we get there, Colin, you won the coin toss this week and you did not select Mr. 101. So who are we talking about? We talk we're talking about another player that we saw in this game. And we were pleasantly surprised by in this game. And that is Travion Henderson. He is back. Uh, we haven't seen him in quite a while. Uh, the last game that he played in was against Notre Dame in week four. So uh, it's been a long time since we've gotten to see this guy play. And, you know, there's some questions surrounding him. Uh, but this week against the Badgers, he was, I mean, looking to making him look silly. Maybe he was putting him in the ground. He's getting the pet cemetery badge. Oh, it's horror movie week because it is Halloween. The day that this podcast will be released so uh yeah we're giving travion henderson the pet cemetery badge because he was uh killing badgers this week a best time of the year for more reasons than one not only are we entrenched in the college football season but we are also celebrating halloween this week and man you're not kidding This was a dominant and scary performance for Travion Henderson this week. The last time we saw him, like you said, was week four against Notre Dame, and he got a badge on this program for his performance in that game. And so back-to-back weeks that he has played, he has gotten a badge at Camp Dynasty. And so... There were, there's been questions we, when we did the midseason rankings, you know, there were questions about Travion Henderson. He was near the bottom of my top 12. He was just outside of your top 12 at the midseason mark. We were still kind of wondering what is this player at this point in time? And big reason for that was obviously 
the health concerns this year, which seem potentially independent from the ones from last year, though I don't know if we know that for sure. But regardless, he gets on the field this week and looked absolutely phenomenal. I mean, receiving as well, uh, four for five, uh, four catches on five targets for 45 yards in this one as well. Like he just looked like that player that we remember from way back when catching the ball, running the ball, looking explosive, looking like a potential game changing running back. And I hope that this is what we get to see for the rest of this season, because if it is, it's going to feel really good to have this player back amongst the top names in this class. Yeah, the biggest thing that I noticed, and I'm sure you noticed, was the the explosion. He just popped out of every single cut, and it was like the jukes. He would just wiggle and... As soon as the defender commits one way, he is going the other way, and it does not. It was not taking him long to get to full speed. So, uh, on route to 162 yards on the ground, and like you said, 45 yards through the air, was uh, a hell of a game for Travion Henderson. And hopefully, this isn't the last time that he's on the program because if. Uh, Kyle McCord is going to look how he looked on Saturday. They're going to be needing to hand it off to 32 a little more often. And uh, if he's going to look like this and how he uh, played against Notre Dame, I mean, obviously they feel pretty comfortable. He's had about a month off since the Notre Dame game. So they feel pretty comfortable giving him 28 touches. And uh, he's turning it into like, really good production 11 yards per catch and 6.8 yards per carry uh not too bad for Travion Henderson so he we will keep talking about it we'll keep beating the drum the running backs in this season have been less than desirable let's say and there is room to rise and room to fall for all of these players. And if Travion can be this guy that he was on Saturday, then, I mean, there will be a conversation to be had at the end of the year. Yeah, well, I mean, and the big thing here, we kind of buried the lead almost a little bit. The number that you just said that, that really popped at me, 24 carries, 28 total touches. I mean, that was a story through the early weeks of the season in the games in which he was playing. He was splitting time. He wasn't on the field all the time. He was getting around 12 carries for the most part in the games that he was playing, 12, 13, 14 carries. Then we see this week they really – you know, put that workload on his shoulders, 24 carries, 162 yards. I mean, he looked like a, the dominant player that we remember from 2021. And honestly, you see it all on that the dagger touchdown run and that late in the fourth quarter when it's just he gets – you see the burst where he gets himself to the second level and then makes plays in open space, 
with defenders around him to get into the end zone, finish the run. It was vintage. It was vintage, and like you just said, there will be certainly a conversation to be had when we dive into the film, the 2023 film for all of these running backs. Travion is still... There's there's still that player there. There is still RB1 potential with this player. Uh, and so many more weeks like this, and we'll be right there. Yeah, he forced six missed tackles in this game. And that is the most that he's had since 2021 in week three. So you're seeing that player that we were hoping to see this season uh and he he popped in you know put on a little show for us while we were in camp randall watching him live he sure did and you want to know who else put on a show at camp randall how about (laughs) mr 101 marvin harrison jr as advertised, I mean, this is the thing, man. When you watch this kind of a player play, like you watch him we every single week, and it's like, man, he's just he's so good, 100-yard receiving after 100-yard receiving. And then you watch how different he moves on a football field when you're that close and you see that. It's it's really something else, man. I mean, we were I was pretty much watching him on every single play, just like what is what is Marvin doing yep. here? Constant separation. I mean, there the there were a few targets in the first quarter. Uh he had 10 total targets in this game, six catches, and most of those missed targets came in the first quarter where Kyle McCord was just not on the same page with him. Like they were not he the ball was not going to where Marvin was so whether that was miscommunications or inaccuracy I don't know but they eventually figured that connection out and I mean the plays where he wasn't getting targeted he was wide open constantly I mean just constantly so six catches 123 yards and two touchdowns in this game could have been an even bigger game if McCord just like eagle-eyed on him the whole time but uh I'm still giving him here the terrifier badge because not only was he terrifying the Badgers defense but he was making a show out of it just like art the clown might in the terrifier series i haven't seen terrifier uh if you're squeamish don't do it because no, I, I watched the first one and i it messed me up a little bit <laughs> uh yeah marvin messed up the badgers a little <laughs> yeah. bit it was uh i i too was like well you know if we're if we're here you know when in rome <laughs> you might as well yeah and so i was sitting checking out what is what is this guy doing you know what is he and every single time that he was one-on-one on the outside i'd like give you a little elbow bump i'd be like yeah, here we go let's see what's gonna happen and more often than not if he got a target on that it was a win and that's basically how two of his like both of his touchdowns came was him just lined up one-on-one press man with no safety help and it's just like you're just hanging this guy out to dry 
Like, what What do you expect is going to happen? And like you said, this could have been a bigger game. He had 123 yards on six catches. He very well could have had 200-plus in this game. If number one, McCord, was accurate early in this game, and number two, if he was just a better processor or if he just – had Marvin as a first read on some of these plays because he was just getting open almost instantly on a lot of these plays. And then if not right away, the longer developing plays, he was getting open late. And it's like, man, I wish he just threw it to 18 every single play because he could be, I mean, putting together historic numbers if if McCord was actually looking for him and throwing to him as often as he is actually open on the field well and that's that's the crazy thing I think this season it's almost becoming lost because of who this player is where week after week we see these huge receiving totals and it's kind of like a you know yawn Marvin does it again you know like this is the fourth consecutive week that he's had over 100 yards receiving, and he's had over 100 yards receiving in six of the last seven weeks. So we're reaching a point here where he's just about nearly to 900 yards receiving already this year, several games to be played here. I mean, like, he is having a special season, and it should not be lost that the production side of this is, like, as advertised with this player. Yeah. like. I think, you know, we say like, oh, he could add 200 this week. Like that's every week, you know, like it's if CJ Stroud is still the quarterback of this team, the numbers that Marvin would have right now are, I can't even fathom. It's, it'd be Devonte Smith levels of production this year. Yeah. And people are already talking about, does he deserve the Heisman? Because it's pretty clear that this is the best player in college football like all like pound for pound all things considered the effect that he has on the game every single week is just enormous for a team that doesn't have a star quarterback right now I mean McCord you see it in this game multiple turnovers inaccuracies it doesn't matter you look to 18 he'll make the play for you and I don't have to look any further than the second touchdown in this game where McCord goes up with it, corner of the end zone, and while the ball's in the air, you see Marvin Harrison one-on-one with the corner, and you're just like, oh, this is a touchdown. Like, yep. you, you can feel that confident. If he has that one-on-one matchup, you can feel that confident that he's coming down with it, and he made another unbelievable highlight reel touchdown catch, contested catch. I mean, he is... Uh, the closer we get to the end of this season, the more excited I'm getting to get to the draft cycle and get to, you know, what is the, where is this player going to be? Yep. What is it going to look like? Because this is such an exciting wide receiver prospect and one that, you know, I hope that I will have the opportunity to draft someday. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's going to be hard because you need the number one pick to get yeah. them. Unless you're in a super flex league. Then you have a little bit of wiggle room, but I mean, the the play that you're talking about, the touchdown. If McCord just throws a good ball, this is it's like an easy catch for a touchdown. If McCord leads him to the back pylon, 
it's just like a toe tap on the back of the end zone touchdown. Instead, he makes Marvin go up for this 50-50 ball, which, hey, I'm not complaining. And then Marvin, you know, does what Marvin does. Uh, so, I mean, it was a pleasure to, to get to watch these two players in person. I'll just say that. It was uh, a lot of fun to get to Camp Randall. I haven't been there in a long time. I mean, since uh man it's been jared aberderis was on the team <laughs> so that that's uh can tell you how long it's been since i've been in camp randall hell yeah so, man so enjoyed that yeah it was great and while we were enjoying the night lights at camp randall uh kansas was enjoying a sweet victory from early in the day and no small part due to our next player. That's right. Our next player is Devin Neal, who has been on the program before, uh, making a return after Kansas' huge win over Oklahoma. They tore down the goalposts, threw him in the lake. I mean, well-deserved. And it had a lot to do with Devin Neal ending this game and Devin Neal being hard to tackle in general. And he is getting the mist badge. When's the, when's the last time you saw the mist? I haven't ever seen the oh, mist, actually. Well, I won't spoil the ending because it's the best part. Uh, but that's the reason I chose this badge, this movie for this badge, because of it's known for the ending, you know? And Devin Neal had the game ceiling run in this game to end the game with 55 seconds left. Uh, on top of a solid game, he got the most work that he's had all season with 24 carries, got a buck oh five, uh, and a touchdown and the touchdown was the game ceiling touchdown um so Devin Neal he's an interesting player uh because there's a lot to like about him he's he's quick he makes people miss I mean he has pretty good vision and he's a good receiver uh through this season he has just about 200 receiving yards he had six targets in this game, so just a just an interesting, fun player that could be better than a lot of people think. Yeah, I mean, when we talked about him the, the first time, whenever that was, I mean, I kind of said, you know, this is a this is a player that I wasn't aware of coming into the year. Kind of got some Kendra Miller vibes from him a little bit. A Big 12 running back, uh, shifty, quick. And, uh, man, he's been having just a really nice, solid year. And this game, like you said, and I also I want to take a moment to appreciate the layers of that badge that you just handed out because I was like, oh, the like miss, like he's hard to – you can't get your hands on him. But then we get the ending twist in there. I mean, the really complex and great stuff right there. So that's what we're here for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Devin Neal. I mean, honestly, I thought early in the game from from catching myself back up on it, I thought a little bit of a slower start. And they get a little – they get some other guys mixed in here. And this offense, there's a lot of motion. There's a lot of, you know, different 
formations and you'll have Devin Neal taking direct snaps and all of these different things. There's a lot going on here. And one thing that you notice with Devin Neal is he just, it feels like he's always where he needs to be. He's always picking up blocks. He's always like, he's just a really, from what I can tell, I I hate when people do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Like from what I can see from watching the game, seems like a high IQ sort of a player, a player that kind of understands the game and understands where he needs to be, what his assignments are. And, and that reflects in his vision as well. I think you see pretty good vision out of Devin Neal as well. And then the missed tackles, like you said, I mean, 35 missed tackles forced on the year thus far, uh, four in this game. And receiving also has been a, a, a big part of his game, not as much over the last few weeks here compared to the the first few uh, games of this season but still 19 catches for 196 yards this year already a career best in yardage receiving for him this year so he's a fun player and I'm excited to find out you know kind of where his where, where this goes you know he's a third year player if he decides to throw his name into this draft uh, where will he end up amongst these running backs that'll be a fun one yeah, and he's putting together career high for yards per attempt, and then yards after contact per attempt is up a full yard, which is impressive. He has almost matched his total for last year for yards after contact um, with 439 of his 764. So you can tell that he is uh, becoming a more complete back as a player instead of being so uh, reliant on, you know, making people miss and winning with speed, he's becoming a more kind of, kind of like you said, he's, he's under control and he's like the game is, he's playing the game at his pace. He's not reacting as much. It's a, it's seems all very planned out. It's all, you know, he's going to get to his spots kind of thing. Um, so Devin Neal is a good player. He is a good player. And you want to know who else is a good player that we haven't really seen much of this year? How about lad McConkey, Georgia's wide receiver, lad McConkey. So, uh, McConkey as if there's any other lad McConkey in the world. (laughs) Yeah, not to be confused with the uh, Irish rugby player, Lad (laughs) McConkey. No. Uh, Lad missed the first few weeks of this season. The first four weeks, the producers are telling me. Uh, And he got mixed in here starting in week five, but they've been kind of getting him a little bit up to speed and not a player even that had a ton of volume in this offense last year. Brock Bowers was always the featured receiver here. Uh, but McConkey was a player that last year kind of jumped off the screen for me at points. And especially watching that postseason run to the second title, you see this player and specifically you see his speed. It's legit speed. I mean, he was operating as a deep threat for them and, running some really nice routes as well. So this was a player that I was interested to see, you know, how would this season go for him? And what we saw this week in week nine was a real breakout career game from Lad McConkey against Florida, which he had six catches on seven targets for 135 yards 
and a touchdown. The 135 yards was a career best for McConkey, and I am giving him the survivor badge because this is the kind of guy that survives the slasher movie because nobody's catching him. Michael Myers, Ghostface, Jason Voorhees, none of these guys are catching Lad. This guy's got some real speed. You didn't want to give him the final girl badge? I, I, I'm not going to lie. I did think about it, and then yeah. I thought, you know, maybe I could go in a different direction. Yeah, Survivor, Survivor's good. Uh, I think I think it's it's fine. You know, it's 2023. We can say he's the final girl. I, hey, I, the people know what it means. Yeah. You want me? I'll change it right now. No, no, no. Okay. We don't, don't got to do that. Right. Uh, this is the second time he's had 135 yards in his career. Really? Yeah, in 2021, he had a game uh, against Auburn, week six at Auburn. He had five catches for 135 yards and a touchdown, almost an identical game, mm. which is interesting. See, I saw the career best note from an outside source, so right. I was malinformed, and I am a bad journalist for not confirming <laughs> my uh, sources. So that's okay uh, i mean it is a, it's tied for a career best so you could say it's a career best okay. i don't think that's inappropriate okay but, uh i mean lad is a, also a player that i have like has always kind of been around it, it feels like where he's playing every week he's like stetson bennett's number one wide receiver uh it's just like he's like who is this player is kind of how I always felt. Is he real? Is he just like a product of this Georgia thing, this machine? And I mean, like you said, he's got real speed. Uh, he's a tough player to bring down after the catch. Like he is a pretty solid run after catch player. He makes a lot of guys miss and, that's due to them having to respect the speed and also just like he's very shifty like he's just a really shifty guy so it, it'll be interesting what team picks him up like later in the draft because i don't expect him to be like a high draft pick but he could absolutely be a real contributor on an nfl team given his skill set and he's also a lot younger than I expected him to be because I feel like I said I feel like he's been around for a while, but he's only a junior at yeah. Georgia, and uh, he's I mean only twenty. He's about to be twenty two years old, so he'll be twenty two on draft day and like midway through his rookie year. So just a, a interesting player that feels like he's been around for a long time, but really hasn't. He's just been productive. Yeah, we've, we've just been watching so much Georgia. Yeah. I think we have kind of come to be like, oh, wow, this guy's still around. But it's like we've just been following along during this, like, dynasty that they're building. Exactly. McConkey's played a big part in that, obviously. And uh, I like what you said about after the catch shiftiness. I mean, this game, 77 yards after the catch and his touchdown was a, was specifically the play that really – made me want to hand him the survivor badge because he's catching the ball in the middle of the field on an in-breaking route, catches the ball, dead stop, and just changes direction the opposite way. 
and beats everybody to the end zone. I mean, we're talking Florida defense here. He, the from zero to 60 in a blink of an eye, and he was gone into the end zone. I mean, dangerous player with the ball in his hands, I think. And honestly, a player that really sinks his hip well in his breaks. I mean, he's a very, like, technically sound player as well and I'm not just saying that because he's white he really is and I think now that he's on the field and it seems like he's up to 100% here and getting you know maximum involvement in this offense especially now an offense that doesn't include Brock Bowers anymore maybe we'll get to see some big performances like this out of McConkie the rest of the way and that could help boost his stock even more couple notes on boosting his stock number one let's get an accessory you know (laughs) we don't have to go out there with just the gloves on number two let's get in the teens nobody wears 80s anymore unless you're a tight end so let's get like if he was like number 11 i feel like uh, you know he'd be a little bit more in the conversation uh and then we can start talking about Lad a little. I mean, Lad McConkey's a tough one too. I mean, just as a name value. What are you talking about? If I'm, I saw I'm Lad my, McConkey on the board on Madden, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna turn uh, Lad into an All Pro receiver." I think that's where you and I differ because I'm not drafting him. <laughs> I see like Brock wow. Bowers as a tight end. He's absolutely 101 tight end names. Lad McConkey at receiver, not doing it for me. Maybe maybe a Damn. linebacker, but not 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 doing it for me as Lad McConkey, that's the kind of player that you get two hundred yards in the game, then you hop to your local <laughs> Irish pub and have a few Guinnesses with them. That's what I'm talking about. But all right. Let's talk about another wide receiver. Let's do it. So you're looking at this Washington Huskies offense and you never really know what's going on here. You know, it, it's always which guy is going to be the one to pop off, which one is the thing. So he's getting the thing badge. Uh, what, so, a, what a film. Uh, what a, it's my favorite horror movie of all time it's that and alien if you count it i aliens like a sci-fi horror but i count it as horror um but it's always a question of who's it gonna be in this washington offense it's it's uh odunze it's mcmillan it's jalen polk and this week he made i mean just big play after big play uh he had five catches 148 yards two touchdowns his best play in this game was one where he just like came off the line on an out and up he goes up gets on the db's toes breaks out to do the out and then breaks back up and the the db's like Oh my God. And just like grabs him with both hands and then Polk discards him and then catches the ball and runs the rest of the way to the house. And it was just like this Stanford corner, this poor guy just like could not even handle Jalen Polk and his uh, route running in this, in this instance. So 
I mean, he's having a fantastic season. Uh, he is in his fourth year. Uh, we talked about him once before, and I think we've given him a badge before. I don't know that we have. I, I think we know. might have smuggled him at one point. We probably smuggled him in an Odunze or McMillan conversation. But yeah, Polk has been very good this year. Uh, he's having easily his best season as uh, in his college football career. Uh, he was a transfer from Texas Tech after 2020. He played for Texas Tech, came into Washington in 2021, which is looking like a nutty receiver room if you look back on it. I mean, it's got Polk, it's got Odunze, it's got McMillan, it's got Pukutakua, it's got some names. Uh, the greatest wide receiver of all time, can't not talk about him. Uh, 2023, though, is Polk's best season, and this Stanford game was another feather in the cap for Polk. Yeah, and that... First of all, the touchdown that you're referencing, that play, 92-yard yeah. touchdown for Polk. That was a huge play. And, yeah, I mean, I'm very curious about this player because of, you know, the scenario here where, I mean, Jalen McMillan had an, a great start to the year, first three games, didn't miss a beat, and then he's been dealing with some injuries He's getting himself back on the field a little bit, but he's not involved yet at all. And uh, Jalen Polk has been the player that has filled that gap in this offense. So Dunze continues to be a dominant force, but the number two right now is Jalen Polk. And with Michael Penix at the helm, that is equaling a lot of production. Uh, 836 yards already this year with seven touchdowns. I'm curious to see because he is a fourth year player, but uh, will he, you know, is this a player that comes out in this draft? Like what, what can we expect here at this point? I don't see why not because he's, he's putting it all on tape. He's having a career season. Uh, first drops of the year came in this game. He had two drops, uh, which still, even with the two drops, he's still sub 5% on the year. 8 for 10 on contested catches. He stretches the field well. He has those big, you know, plays in the red zone. He is really impressing me this year. And while Odunze is still, like I said, the guy and a, a player that seemingly just continues to get better week in and week out, Polk is one of the risers, I think, of this class. So, Polk's second touchdown, that, that was not a touchdown. I think remind me what happened. So it was like a, a back shoulder fade, uh, on the left side of the field. And he caught it with like one hand and trapped it against his chest. And right. then like the DB had the ball. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they just called it a touchdown and it's just boom, that's it. It was a touchdown <laughs> and they just moved on. And it like, it was a great catch if you can call it a catch, but I, I just, that, that was a pick. I think, but in the box score, it says Jalen Polk scored a touchdown. So, I, I mean, I'll, I'll use it as part of my narrative of <laughs> yeah. Jalen Polk, great catch, one-handed smothered touchdown. But, uh, you know, if I was a ref, I might've called that a pick. We'll give it to him this week. Yeah. We'll I'm give glad it to I'm him. not a ref, by the way. That was right. like a hard job. Oh yeah, man. They just, they can't win. And no. It's okay because they suck sometimes. It's true. 
We we threw some booze out there. Oh yeah, the guy, the, refs. the the head ref, this uh, Wisconsin. <laughs> he was he was hearing it all night, all night. <laughs> Good call, bad call, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You're getting booed. Let's talk about another running back. And last week, if you recall, we talked about Braylon Allen and sort of. You know, I do this now because I, we play Dynasty. <laughs> We're not supposed to do a week-to-week thing, but when you're at camp, you kind of just have to do it. You got to kind of roll with what's going on. And we already talked about Travion Henderson, and we already did our whole thing. Like, oh, well, he could be he could be running back one. Like, wait, I, we're going to wait. wait <laughs> who said that? I did. I'm I'm mimicking myself. You I'm said that today? Yeah. I said if Travion keeps it up, there's no reason oh, okay, to believe he okay. couldn't be. I thought you were saying one. because of today. Oh no. No no no. no. He was gonna be the RB one. I'm just saying that every time a running back has a good game, suddenly we're like he's the he's the running back one in this class. Yeah. And we're just gonna keep doing it till the end of the year. Until there's somebody establishes himself. That's what I'm saying. But as long as we're running with this narrative of weekly changes and we keep saying establish yourself and all this, how about we give another badge to Trey Benson, the player that I still had as my running back one when we did a midseason check-in because I just can't get over the 2022 film. And this week was a little bit of a reminder of what that player can look like when he's at his best because in this game, Trey Benson had 10 carries. We're still doing that thing. <laughs> He's only got 10 carries, 55 yards, and a touchdown. Okay, 5.5 per carry, not bad. Got a touchdown out of it. But how about four catches on four targets for 100 yards and a touchdown? Because something that we really wanted to see from Trey Benson this year was more work in the receiving game. And it really does feel like over the last several weeks, he has almost become their receiving back. Like they rotate these guys in. And when Benson's in the game, there's a lot of opportunities for him in the past game and four targets in this game. Like I said, one of which the touchdown is on a design screen where they get him into open space and they just let him do what he does. And he had blockers in front of him. But when he hit the traffic, when he hit that merge point, there were three bodies there. He makes one guy miss. He bounces off another guy, and then, bam, he finishes that run with speed, gets the touchdown, big pass play, big touchdown. Trey Benson, man, it's it's not high volume these days, but he still flashes with the best of them. And he looks like a very natural pass catcher, which is a reason to believe that this could be a – continued thing i mean maybe not over 100 receiving yards every week but a way for him to contribute in the small doses that florida state is giving him because the the way he operates in open space just works really well for a guy that can be a good receiver also and he bounces off people. I mean, the running style is still just as good as it always has been. And when you can get him in space on these screen passes or on these swings or whatever they end up doing with them, 
that's when he can be at his best when he can just kind of ping pong off of dbs and then hit the gas and go that's when he's the trey benson that deserves to be in the 101 or the rb1 conversation so if they're not going to give him more carries which it doesn't seem like they are giving him this work in the passing game will kind of even that out and make it feel like you if you're in a ppr league or half ppr league you can feel great about getting a guy like this knowing that he's a pass catching weapon and even if you're not you'll know that he has this ability to catch passes and be a real threat out of the backfield as a pass catcher and that can just add a whole nother dimension to his game you you can be you can make a living as a three down back being a pass catcher just because you can be trusted to work on third down so uh i i mean trey benson is a great runner and we've loved him since day one and if the volume is going to come through the air rather than on the ground that's fine with me because uh, he looks real good through the air right now and i've said this before but i'm going to keep saying it because it really is confusing to me because every time he touches the ball he looks like one of their best players I don't know why the volume isn't there. I don't know if it's a strategic thing to keep the running backs fresh. They just have guys that they like. They like to rotate them in. I don't know what that is. I am still a believer that Trey Benson, were, I'm not going to think too hard about the production. I'm not going to think too hard about his stats this year. I think this is a better prospect a better running back prospect than a college football player that's what I'm that's where I'm at right now because if they were giving him 20 carries a game he'd be up there amongst you know some of these top names uh, in college football in terms of production that's just not happening so every time I watch him the touchdown run that he had in this game classic I mean looks so spry so explosive so quick I mean, it was just an 18-yard carry in the red zone. Just made it look so easy. And that's something that I think he's, it just hasn't gone away. And that the elusiveness, yeah, it, it doesn't look the same this year, but I don't think that means that he's suddenly not a good player anymore. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the, um, the eye test kind of overtakes the numbers in this case especially since they're a good team and they obviously have a certain kind of scheme you know there's there's always those kind of players that are in a committee in the nfl when you're watching and you're like why can this guy not just get the ball every play and it seems like that kind of thing is happening with benson let's talk about a running back who is ultra productive this season Let's talk about somebody that you have brought up more than once on the program and has gotten badges before on the program, and that is Marshawn Lloyd, running back for USC. He had a nice game against Cal in 
the barn burner. I mean, 50 to 49, not a lick of defense was played in this game, and Marshawn Lloyd took advantage of that. I mean, 113 yards on the ground on 17 carries and two touchdowns. He's getting the slasher badge because he was just, I mean, once he finds that hole, he is just slashing through the defense. I mean, the speed that he has, the acceleration that he has, the one cut and go kind of ability that he has is really nice. And it's a nice alternative on this offense to, hey, Caleb, please make a play for us. And yeah. it's just nice to be able to give the ball to zero and know that you're in good hands because he's averaging 7.8 yards per carry. And that does have to do with the threat of 13 in the backfield. I mean, and a lot of this offense is uh, there's some pretty RPO heavy stuff that helps him too, but he is making good work out of it. And when he's getting over 10 carries, he is producing in high numbers. And in this game, he had 17, which was a season high. Uh, and he produced a not quite a season high in rushing yards, but his second most rushing yards in a game. So Marshawn Lloyd is another one of these interesting prospects that we have been keeping an eye on, and uh, the best thing about this game is not the 113 yards on the ground. It was the 72 yards through the air because – I mean, when you can come out of the backfield and be another threat on top of all these guys that Caleb Williams has to throw to, it uh, doesn't hurt to have a a little safety valve that can go for three catches and 72 yards. So another guy that is really nice after the catch and can make some things happen. So we're keeping an eye on all these running backs. Awesome. It is a a process that has not been the kindest where we're like, who is even going to be in our top five at the end of the season? And Marshawn Lloyd is making his case with a game like this. Hey, I mean, he sure is. I, I continue to be just blown away every time I watch Marshawn Lloyd. I mean, he has a 56 yard rush in this game. And yet I think the most one of the more exciting or notable plays was like an eight yard run that he had in this game because he's just the sort of player where he gets those eight yards so quickly. Like it looks like there's nothing really there, but when he shoots that gap and just kind of falls forward, He's that's why his yards per carry is so high. He is constantly just getting chunk yards in the blink of an eye. If there's a hole for him to run, he's getting five yards every time because his burst is so extreme. And then you see what he does on the second level and with both power and elusiveness, you know, he has the ability to make a guy miss one cut. There was a play in this game where a guy gets into the backfield and he just like dead legs them. They go Mm -hmm. flying past them and he picks up yardage and then you get him out in space and he's taking people on stiff arms, trucking people. I mean, he has a lot of, of tools. If you talk about running backs, how do you win? How do you create yards? 
Marshawn Lloyd creates yards in a lot of different ways. And that's why he has been one of my, you know, more the one of the more exciting players for me to watch this year is just seeing kind of how he wins and and all of the different things that he does. And then, like you said, getting mixed in the pass game, a lot of which came on just improvision. I mean, it was like Caleb would scramble and Marshawn Lloyd would kind of, you know, he's running his little flat route. And then, you know, as the play is breaking down, he kind of makes a savvy move to get himself into space. Caleb finds him and bam, we get, you know, chunk yardage on a pass play as well. So really nice game. The only thing here that I want to bring up and yep, we, you know, I'm going to do this. When we initially talked about him, one of the things was that over his first two years in college football, he had a little bit of a ball security problem. And at that point in time, he had not fumbled. Now we have back-to-back weeks with a fumble. And the last thing I'll say, because I'm going to turn this portion of it over to you, we had some really, really tough pass block reps in this game. There were (laughs) multiple instances where I was like, oh, man, if Colin saw that, I don't know if this player's ever reaching his top five. <laughs> like, it was it was that bad. So that's two areas for him to uh, certainly clean up a little bit. Yeah, so th- this is uh, where we'll get into the negatives is it's hard to see the field if you're making those kind of mistakes. That That's the be-all, end-all. NFL coaches, above all else, Wants you to hit the hole, get at least four yards, and move on to the next play. And as much juice as you have, and tools is a great word to use because, uh, I mean, it's been a while since we've talked about guys with tools. It's usually saved for the off season when we're digging into the film. But Marshawn Lloyd has the tools to be a very good running back. But the polish is where it looks a little iffy and I mean it's the the pass blocking is concerning I'll say and because one thing I want to say just real quick before we get too deep into this discussion is that I don't know that it's been this bad all year because I've definitely seen some pretty good reps out of him in pass protection so I don't know what happened in this game but it was bad yeah i i don't i also don't know what was going on here but the the, like i said the 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 pass blocking was bad where he was just like whiffing assignments it's like what are we doing (laughs) how are we just and then you 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 leave your your quarterback out to dry because you're the last line of defense you got to pick up that blitz you got to pick up that free rusher i mean you are the guy and maybe it's because you know you get a little antsy to, to chip and release when you have 72 yards to the air, maybe you're, you just want to get out into the flat a little quicker so you can get the dump off, but just, you know, stay home, eat that block. That's unfortunately the job of the running back. You know, you, you gotta, gotta take that, that linebacker that's coming in full speed. You just got to eat that for your quarterback. So, um, if you if you're not going to be a willing blocker and if you're going to lose the ball, it'll be tough to see the field in the NFL. But I think he's got all the tools to be a, a solid running back, and those things are, I mean, blocking's easily coachable. 
like that's something you can very well improve on uh there's a little bit of want to a little bit of grit a little bit of desire that goes into that but i mean that also is something that you know hey you can make 15 million dollars if you just uh, you know hit that linebacker that's coming yeah. in there i think that's a can instill a little bit of grit in you that's worth that i would say let's talk about a game that we already talked about with our last badge of the week but on the other side because we're bringing another idp into camp dynasty this week for a badge i got braylon trice from Washington, edge rusher. We talked about Jalen Polk on the offensive side of things. Braylon Trice had one of the craziest games from a rusher uh, of all of the entire season thus far. I mean, the number that really jumped out at me, 16 total pressures for Braylon Trice in this game. He is getting the quarterback's worst nightmare badge for me because it seems like he's back there every play uh 16 pressures by the way is the most by a single player in a game this season and in fact it is the most in a single game by a player since Braylon Trice had 18 (laughs) in week 13 of last season against Washington State So there's been some conversations this year about the lack of sacks that Trice has had uh, in a really deep and strong edge class. Trice had only had one sack thus far coming into this week, Uh, but he was having a fine year in terms of pressuring the quarterback. You see it all come together this week with the 16 pressures, two sacks in this one as well, 12 hurries. I mean, just like making life living hell and had some really nice uh, run defense plays as well. So really complete all-around game from Trice and a player that really uh, caught my eye this week as an IDP. Just an absolute game wrecker type of game for Braylon Trice Uh, he was an absolute animal on some of these passers on just some of the pressures where I I mean they had like that action that I talk about so often with Georgia where they bring that tight end across to block the the free rusher and Braylon Trice is the rusher and the, the tight end he's just like Hey, just so you know, I'm going to get to the quarterback. You can come along with me if you want, but either I'm getting there or we're getting there. And I I mean, he doesn't end up getting the sack on that play, but he gets a hand on him and like pulls him down. And that's one of the pressures and it's a QB hit. And this is just like video game kind of numbers from Braylon Trice. And you also mentioned that this is a deep and it's a very interesting edge class and that's it's true there there were a ton of guys that had really good weeks this week and Braylon Trice still managed to stand out in this way 
with these performances this week. And I mean, the power that he has, it's, it just feels like he, he is moving tackles with ease with his lower body. He just gets into them. And this bull rush is just like completely destroying the timing of place. So, I I mean, Braylon Trice is not only a a game wrecking player, but also a very technically sound player where he can hold that edge and just like eliminate the edge where on a run play, he also just took the right tackle and put him where originally the center was on the play. And the running back's just like, okay, (laughs) I'll, I, what? what's happening and then he's got to try to figure it out and uh, Braylon doesn't get credit for that as like a TFL or anything but then his teammate gets to come and clean up the mess that he made so good player yeah and like you said talk about this edge class diverse there's a lot of like smaller rushers, I think, in this one as well. Like, I mean, think about guys like Dallas Turner or Chop Robinson, guys who are going to hover around 250, maybe even a little bit less than that. And then you have this player, Braylon Trice, on the opposite end, where he's coming in at 6'4, 274. So, and you, I mean, he's a bigger player with some get off and he's coming out of a two point stance in a lot of cases in this game and, and winning easily with his power, with his speed to power. And yeah, I just, one thing that really stood out to me with Trice also motor. Mm-hmm. I love these defensive like edge players and defensive linemen. When you have high motor, that is, I love that. And this is the kind of player that works on every single snap. No matter if the play is away from him, no matter if the play is at him, no matter if he's pass rushing, no matter if he's in coverage, no matter if he's run defending, every single play he is going at 100%. And you can see it. There was a there was a play where he's dropping in his own coverage. He dropped so quickly to his spot that he ran into the wide receiver and it looked like he was like Shaq, like boxing somebody <laughs> out. Like I, maybe it was even a penalty. I don't know. But like, it was just like crazy how intensely he got to his spot in the zone. That's the kind of player that this is. And that's a player that I like a lot. I was going to mention the motor because he got double teamed a few times. Yes. And a lot of times. Sometimes you see, these players, they'll just like, you know, push the the guys out and just kind of wait and see what happens. And Braylon Trice is like working his ass off to split that double team every single time, and it pays off more often than not. So uh, the the motor is definitely a huge thing. And when it comes to an IDP asset chasing down and getting a couple solo tackles is so valuable for an edge player that you get that sack and that's your like splash play and then you also add on like five or six tackles it just makes for a floor that is sustainable as like a startable dl asset plus splash plays that he is making i mean 
frequently enough where you can have like a star kind of DL asset here. And the the speed at 275 is crazy. Like the get off and the speed where these guys look like they're stuck in the mud and he is just like chopping the arms and running like his hair's on fire and he's getting after this quarterback. I mean, I would not want to, you know, stand behind the center and see number eight lined up against me. Really nice week for edge players. We went with Trice here, but Jared Verse had a big game. Leatu Latu had another big game. It was a good week for edge players, and it's looking like every every week it's kind of confirming this is going to be a really good edge class, I think. Who was it not a really good week for? That's kind of what I was thinking this week. Well, do you want to get into it? Do you want to? Do you wanna... Oh, that was – oh, my God. Do... That was an incredible segue. <laughs> that was so natural that I completely missed it. I am sorry. It's but okay. yes. I tried to alley the oop. You didn't even like, jump for it. Yeah. It was like the There's just a turnover. Yeah. I'm They're going the other the way. I got my four minutes for the night and I'm already out. I'm done. Like all right. Great job by you. Terrible job by me. Let's go ahead and make the call home. We talked about running backs this week, and I've already mentioned the name Braylon Allen as a player that we discussed last week. God, I came on here and said, you know what? By God, I think he might just be the RB1 in this class. And now... This week, we had badges for Travian Henderson. We had badges for Trey Benson. We had badges for Marshawn Lloyd. But we're making a call home for Braylon Allen this week. And why is that, Colin? So, Braylon, you know, we were going to to Madison to see the RB1 face off against the wide receiver one. And in the first half... Braylon Allen had two fumbles in back-to-back drives. He had one that he lost, and then the next drive, he fumbled, got it back, and it was like, man, this is not a good game for Braylon Allen in a game where they absolutely need him against Ohio State, who, I mean, they had a chance to make this game not only interesting, but they had a chance to take this game in the first half. I mean, the defense was holding up. Ohio State was not getting much going, and they needed their best player to play like their best player. And Braylon Allen gave the ball up twice. Uh, Like I said, got the one back, but turned it over once. And then he goes down on a play where he was stood up at the goal line twice and then uh, got injured on the second one, if I'm remembering correctly, and uh, left that game. And so we come to the phone to call home about, number one, some... You know, a little bit of fumble concern. This is another year with four fumbles. In 2021, he had four fumbles. Now 2023, he has four already, and it's only week nine. And then a little bit of concern for the health because he has not been the healthiest player 
and once again, he is down for this Wisconsin team. And at only 19 years old, this is a player that you would expect to be, I mean, the picture of health. This is somebody that should be very, you know, springy. <laughs> it should be, it should heal fast, you know, that should recover quickly. This is a kid. This is, you can't even drink alcohol yet. Like, this is a, for most people, one year out of high school, 19 years old. So, it's a little concerning that we are already seeing some injuries mount up and he left this game walking gingerly ended up in a boot. We don't have an update yet. We might not get an update because that's how college football is. But as of now, we're calling home. Yeah. The injury is, I mean, it's, it's a bummer because it sounds like he will not be playing this upcoming week, which then opens the door to how serious is this injury? Where, when will he be back? Um, so that's obviously a part of this, and that's the sucky part of this. But the part that is really kind of concerning is what is happening with ball security in the last four weeks. I mean, he had two fumbles uh, already this year, both of which came in the last four games, week six and week seven. He fumbled in each of those games. And then this week, I mean, just for it was the first drive, I believe, right? The first drive. I believe so. Fumbles ball to Ohio State and then fumbles again. They did recover the second fumble, but so like you said, we already have a season where he did fumble four times. Last year was pretty clean, only the one fumble, but now we're opening a door here where is this a problem for this player? Is this a a real weakness of his game? And a player that is already sort of in this weird territory, I know we're already like saying, oh, well, he's the RB1 and all that. I think yeah, we, we just really do need to pump the brakes here and get to the end of this season, look at the full body of work for every player because they're all going to have these sorts of parts of their game. The, every single one of these running backs has something where you can sit there and say, I don't know, that's a little concerning. That might just be fumbles for Braylon Allen right now. Yeah, it was back-to-back drives. It was uh, Wisconsin's first drive. Had a four-yard run, and then he fumbled on his second run. And then Ohio State got a field goal, and then they got the ball back. And the first play of the next drive, when they got the ball back, he fumbled again and recovered his own fumble. So uh, it's just, I mean, it's all there with Braylon. And that's why it's, it's frustrating to see the little things that, you hate to see in a running back. I mean, the thing I was so impressed with in the Illinois game is like, he's doing all the little things, right? You know, he's, he's pass blocking. Well, he's running well between the tackles. He's getting extra effort plays. He's breaking tackles. He's breaking off runs. He's catching some passes. And then you come to the start of this game and he played a full half and it didn't look good the whole half. And it's like, there's inefficiencies here and you're just 
putting your head down and falling forward and then you lose the ball and you got a little bit of butterfingers and this is playing a much better defense than anybody you've played so far and maybe that's the answer to this question of like what's going on with Braylon Allen in this game why was he this much worse and maybe that's the answer but uh, hopefully he'll heal up nicely with his 19 year old bones and be back in, you know, week 11 and we can finish up this season on a high note. Let's finish this episode on a high note. Boom. Segway. It's time I'm talking about to light the fire and recollect on the campers of old on all grown up. You know what? I want you to start this week. Who do you want to talk about? I think there's one guy we have to talk about. And it's Jordan Addison. Me too. Yeah. I mean, he has been fantastic. Over, I mean, since Justin Jefferson went down with the hamstring injury... He has absolutely taken the wide receiver one spot and has looked the part. We talked about him being a really nice compliment to Justin Jefferson in this offense preseason, and he was, but never really, you know, entertained the idea of Addison being the wide receiver one on this team because we never really pictured the team without Justin Jefferson here. But without Justin Jefferson here, I mean, he looks incredible. And he has climbed up to the wide receiver 12 overall uh, since this has taken place. I mean, since October 22nd, he has had a steady climb um, in... I mean, what 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 do we think about? I know you're a big Jordan Addison guy. I mean, this is this I is love when sick. he makes you speechless like that. I, I love mean, that. good lord, he's just been so good. Yeah, I so there's there's multiple ways we can take this conversation. The first way that I want to take it is I don't want to talk about Kirk Cousins. Okay, I wasn't gonna go there, okay. but that is a thing. The other thing, though, is that I think it was a little bit glossed over. Maybe it wasn't, but, like, there was a point in the summer or the spring or sometime post-draft where I talked about we're talking a lot about Tank Dell's size, but we're not talking about Jordan Addison's size nearly enough. It doesn't matter. I mean... I think the thing here to learn is that no matter if he's 165, 170, you know, whatever he is right now, he wins against NFL corners all the time. You you watch him in these games. The big narrative with him was press coverage. And I mean, that was, there were reasons to be concerned about press coverage with some of the tape that he put out in 2022. That was one of the things that we talked about with Jordan Addison. Can he 
consistently handle press coverage. And then it was like, well, he's lining up across from Justin Jefferson. He's not going to be getting pressed all that often. Him operating in the number one role right now, you watch his reps against press, and he is – the release is just chef's kiss, man. He is so technically sound. He's so gifted as a route runner, and even as a smaller player, it doesn't matter because guys can't get their hands on him. And so that's been something that's really stood out to me is, like, his size isn't affecting him. One of the, you know – primary weaknesses potentially of his game isn't even really showing up in the ways that we thought it might and then you start to think about what really is the ceiling for a player like this what can this player be and like you said he's already climbing up these boards wide receiver 12 in dynasty dynasty asset 23 right now we're going to get to a conversation here and this is the second avenue i wanted to go to and i'm going to turn it over to you we're going to have to have a conversation here about something that I said a few weeks ago. The JSN versus Addison debate. Where are we two weeks later after seeing what Addison has done as the wide receiver one in this offense? It's a very fair question because JSN has been not – I mean – he hasn't been bad. I'll, I'll say that. And Addison has been very good in the last few weeks. So that, that's that been the big difference is Jason has been solid. And the things that he's done are the things we've expected him to do. But Addison has done what we expected him to do plus a lot more. And the roles are so different that it's hard to be like, well, you know, Addison is worth more, and you, if you can, you should trade JSN for Addison today. But the thing is, Addison has a real, like, role in a good offense across from the best wide receiver in football. And JSN is a little bit buried behind, you know, DK Metcalf, Lockett, in uh, an offense that wants to run the ball a lot. With Seattle, I mean, Pete Carroll loves establishing the run. So, unless you see Tyler Lockett leave town, which is possible, I mean, it's not like that's unheard of, but... They, I mean, they have no reason to get rid of Tyler Lockett. Like, having three good wide receivers isn't bad. But the Jake Bobo thing, I mean, this is all... <laughs> I mean, this is all no, working real, against JSN. And Addison has none of that in front of him. Except for now, he lost Kirk Cousins. And that's a question mark for the rest of this season, at least. So... In Dynasty, this is why this game is so hard, man. Because would I trade, if I had JSN, would I send the trade for Jordan Addison straight up? I'd be a little hesitant, but I think I'd do it. And if I was, if I had Jordan Addison and somebody sent me JSN straight up, I don't think I'd take it. 
So that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a very tough scenario. It's a tough question because it's not a realistic scenario. Like, we don't need to, like, pit these players against each other eight weeks into their NFL careers. But just if, what you're saying, I think, is kind of where we're headed. And, and folks were headed there already. And I did the whole thing where it's like, I'm going to trade Addison for JSN 100 times out of 100. That wasn't that long ago that I said that sometimes you just kind of have to put your pride to the side and and that's not me saying that I think you know suddenly Addison is a better prospect or player than JSN can be and we all this was always the case it was always going to be this way production versus patience that was always going to be the thing here it just so happens that Addison I think looks better than I expected already. And so now you have to start thinking, you know, what is JSN ceiling versus the player that we're already seeing with Jordan Addison? And that's why the conversation becomes so difficult and challenging, especially when we're not that far away from thinking of these players simply as what they were as prospects. But zero drops also for Addison. That was one of the the concerns with him as well something that i brought up before the season last year zero drops so so far this year five for ten on contested catches even i mean he's making tough catches against you know players taking big hits and everything just looks so clean for him right now it was funny last game where he had the two contested catch opportunities and it was literally like a coin flip because they were the exact same play and one ended up being a pick and one ended up being a touchdown and it was like the literal two polar results happening in the same game in the same situation the same like route same defensive coverage it was just kind of weird to see that play out how it did and addison you know turning it into the positive on one end and the negative on the other I want to talk about a player that's playing right now. Me too. Jameer Gibbs. Yep. Um, Here's that whole thing about patience again. Because David Montgomery gets hurt. And immediately we see what Jameer Gibbs can be as a featured back in the NFL. He has a huge game last week. We talked about it a little bit. Right now, he's having another huge game, and the stats are still going up as we're speaking. So, Jameer Gibbs, where are we at? Man, <laughs> this is this is what we've uh, been looking for. He looks like he is, I mean, playing in fast forward right now. He, he had the the run that he scored a touchdown on. It was a run up the middle, which, whoa, he can do that? Thought he couldn't do that. Yeah, and he just, I mean, snaked his way through traffic, found the outside, got daylight, and burst into the end zone uh, in the ugliest jerseys you could put together. (laughs) I mean, good Lord, Lions, you debut this new helmet with the all gray. What are we doing? Uh, But Gibbs looks good in them. I tell you what, 
if there's uh, anybody that can make him look good, it's it's 26. And so, I mean, he's been rookie RB2 from, and he should be because uh, he's not though. Well, if we t- if we this is what I want. This right. is what I want to talk about. Okay, but let's talk about. I I, I didn't check the KTC. I should have. Uh, is he not the rookie RB2? A-Chan. Oh, that's right. So, I forgot about that thing. And that's that's what bothers me. Is like, And I get it. I understand why it's not like, you know, we're all humans. We see, you know, this Dolphins offense and what A-Chan was doing in that offense when he was healthy. But I think we still have to think about the fact that Jameer Gibbs was the, a level of talent that exceeded what A-Chan was, all we needed was this, which was the workload to increase. And that was always going to happen. The narrative about, oh, we drafted him, but he's a change of pace guy. Whatever quote got pulled out of that press conference that day, I'd sent the whole world into a frenzy. And it was like, I mean, guys, come on. They spent 12 on him. It, this is going to happen eventually, and now we see it happening. And he's RB8 in Dynasty, and rookie running back RB3, that's not going to last because he was Dynasty RB2 not that long ago, if I'm not mistaken. He'll be right back up there after this week for sure. Yeah, uh, Dan Campbell's the one that said that he would be a change of pace back. And it's yeah. like, okay, but he like obviously has all the juice in the world and you just don't have another player like that on this team so especially after i mean once you go to this spot with jameer gibbs as the lion's staff like you you see what he's doing for your offense and like it's instant like gas into your offense feeding the flames there's no way that you are just going to be like, you know what, but I do really like <laughs> what David Montgomery does for us. I really like the four yards. You know, that's great. So Gibbs, in my opinion, should be the Dynasty RB5 right now. Like, it should be Bijan, McCaffrey, Brees, Etienne, and then Gibbs. Like, that feels appropriate just put it to bed you know yeah stop touching it this is the this is what it should be yeah so i mean we might get to the end of the year and david montgomery might get more carries again that's fine let's just just relax yeah you see what this player can be lions see what this player can be they they'll realize they hit and I mean, if nothing else, next season will look a little different than this season. For now, let's enjoy it. Let's what a fun player. It. Yeah. What a fun let's player. Go, let's go watch the fourth quarter. You want to do it? Yeah. <laughs> let's do it. All right. That is week eight in the NFL and week nine of college football. We are rapidly approaching the end of the college football season. I think the discussions every week are starting to become even more and more big picture oriented as we see the end of the tunnel. And we start to think about the fact that 
in only a few weeks time, we're going to have to start thinking about this class in a holistic way once again for several months as we lead up to the NFL draft. So we're going to keep going on that journey. We're going to keep talking about the 2023 campers along the way as well. If you enjoyed this week's episode, follow us at camp underscore dynasty on X and TikTok at camp dot dynasty. Check out the YouTube channel as well, where video feeds of the pods go up every single week. Channel is camp dynasty. And of course, like, rate, subscribe, review, share, follow, all of those things to the podcast, which is still the bread and butter here at Camp Dynasty. I love me some bread and butter, man. It's almost <laughs> Thanksgiving. You know, we're getting through Halloween. We're going to get to Thanksgiving. Get some Hawaiian rolls, warm them up, get some butter on them. I mean, man. I, you're, I'm going to go get some bread right now and turn <laughs> on the game. So, <laughs> some bread Thanks and some butter. Yeah. Throw the podcast in the ears. Happy Halloween, folks. Happy Halloween, indeed. Thanks for stopping by Camp Dynasty this week, and we'll see you next week.